Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I want to share with you guys today, and I, I hope that you guys can open your spirit ears and your hearts to, to engage with me at a spirit level this morning, because I, w- I want to share with you guys some of the journey that we've been on with this building and with preparing for this Nehemiah project. Um, I want to share with you, the not, not necessarily from the practical side of it, but from the heaven's supernatural side of this. Are you guys cool with that? I want to engage with the spirit realm side of what's been happening with getting ready for this building because I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to help us um, enter into a higher level of engagement and faith on the, on, on the power of what this is all about. So this building that we're, that we're getting ready to prepare for, to, to move into, I want you guys to know that, that this is a lot more than just a building for us. Get it, it's, it's not just about us getting an address. It's not just about getting a box that has walls on it and AC on the inside, even though we all could say amen to the AC right now, right? Thanks for pushing through the humidity with me. Um, it's more than a building. It's more than just having a key. It's more than just having access to, to a place that we have 24-7 ability to do things, which is going to be amazing, but I I believe that there's actually a a release from heaven that's prophetically connected with the release of this building to us that's going going to release us into a new season of the destiny on our church. You guys doing all right right now? I want to remind you that, that from the beginning of this journey of planting the Overflow Church, the Lord has spoken prophetically to us a theme. And before he even told us that we're planning this church, when he was preparing the spirit for it, he, he, I was reading through the Old Testament in chronological order, and I noticed this, this, cur- this recurring theme that God was speaking to Moses, he's speaking to Joshua, to, and, and speaking to his people about going into the promised land. And this is what he said over and over and over. He said, Possess the land that I will give to you as an inheritance. Possess the land that I will give to you, or that I have given to you. Sorry, it's past tense to God. Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. And I love that word because God was telling Moses and then Joshua that the promised land that they have had hundreds of years waiting for, God was saying, I've already given it to you. This is your inheritance. And to God who lives in the timeless zone, He's the eternal God who's, who lives in the eternal present. He's the, he's the past, present, and future all at the same time. He's not limited by, by the time that we're limited to. And, and from the place of eternity, God sees the promise as already a done deal. In God's perspective, it is finished. To God, 
It's not, some, it's not a battle to fight for. It's not something to contend for. It's, it's an inheritance that he's given as a gift to his children. Amen? But the word says, possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. So to, what, to, to God, what's already done... Jesus. That's pretty wild right there. The wind. I'm going to stand her like this. To God, <laughs> Jesus, help me. Help us all. To God, what, what is, to us, what, what is already finished to God, to us, is something that is yet to be apprehended. Okay? To us, it's something that's before us. It's something that, that's not in our hands yet. It's something that's in our future that we still have to gain. So when God was telling Joshua to possess the land that I've given to you as an inheritance, God knew it's already theirs. And Joshua believed it was already theirs, but he knew that in the natural, there was a river to cross. And there were giants that had to get crushed before they could destroy the enemy and step onto the turf that God has prepared for them. Amen? And I want to tell you that if we view it as, an, as a huge obstacle that I might get as long as, I, as long as I'm able to muster up enough strength to get there, then I might get it, but I might not. But if we can view it that God says it's already yours and I've already prepared it for you, this is your inheritance, then we can rest assured that any river we're going to have to cross, any giant we're going to have to fight, is going to be crushed because to God, it's already been done. Amen? Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. Is there any way I can avoid this wind a little more? Turn my body or... Put my shirt over it? Let's see if you guys are able to... Can you guys still hear me okay? Jesus, let that do the job. All right. So on God's side of the equation, it's a done deal. It's an inheritance. It's a gift. He paid the price. He's given it to us. On our side of the equation, there's some battles before us. There's a river barrier before us. There's the need to persevere and push through and to lay hold of and not give up until we see it happen. Amen? So to God, there's an inheritance for us. To us, there's a possessing. There's the kata lambano. I've got to reach out and apprehend. It's not going to happen to me by a passive stance. I'm going to push myself into this until I get the breakthrough. All right? And, and you guys know that for the past few weeks, we've been talking about unity a lot. We've been talking about the need to have oneness of heart and mind, that doesn't happen just by passivity. It happens by putting ourselves into the lives of one another. And we've also talked about this amazing verse in Hebrews 10.23 that says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And, and, we, and we talked about how, how really 
the most powerful way to, to do that well is in the context of unity and community and doing it as a family linked together. Amen? Joshua didn't take Jericho by himself. He did it with a unified army that were going after the same thing. All right? And, and so let us hold fast the confession, the declaration, the, 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 the confession or the profession of what we believe. Let's hold fast to it, our hope in that, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised sees the promise as your inheritance that he has already given to you. So to him, it's already done. But to us, we need to keep confessing it. We need to keep believing it. We need to be anchored and not wavering in our hope of what we believe that he's already done in the eternal realm. We're going to get there. Amen? So this instruction actually was written to a people who had great promises from heaven, but they also had a lot of resistance coming against them, a lot of opposition, there was persecution, and people were being martyred for the name of Jesus, and churches were being scattered, and all the crazy things you can imagine. And there's promises about heaven, and about heaven on earth, and about breakthroughs, the kingdom coming. But it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. What do we believe that God has promised us? What do we believe that's the powerful things he wants to manifest in our midst that we're not experiencing in full capacity yet? We've got to trust that thing is going to happen, but we can't waver. We've got to keep declaring it. We've got to keep believing it because he's, he's faithful. Amen? And in Hebrews 11, the next chapter after this, we call it the Hall of Faith. It's an amazing chapter. And, and I've said, and I've heard a lot of people say, if I were in the Bible, I'd love for my story to make it into Hebrews 11. Because that's where the greats of the faith are. There's Abraham and Sarah. There's Isaac. There's, there's Moses. There's David. There's all those amazing people. How many of you guys would want to be esteemed by God and by, by people around you as, as a mighty man or woman of faith? Couple? We got some work to do, guys. I'm going to ask you again. How many of you guys want to be esteemed as a, as a mighty person of faith? How many of you want to get to heaven and heaven celebrates because you are somebody who did not waver in your confession of faith because you believe that he's, he's faithful who promised? Amen? Amen. Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. And it's, it's loaded with stories of people from the Old Testament. And the people who made it into that story made it there because they believed despite every bit of resistance that came against them. Everything that tried to cause them to give up, they made it through the testing of their faith and they believed all the way through to the other side. And some of them didn't even see the promise happen in their lifetime, but it was released to their children's generation. Come on. That's the kind of faith that gets you known in heaven and in hell. <laughs> it's true. 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about, about how this whole concept applies to our journey, even with this building. Now, this building is not everything to us as a church. It's a big deal, though. And, and it's, it is a real journey. It's been a real pushing through. It's been a real testing of our faith. And, and God is good. And I believe that he who promised is faithful. Amen? Last August, on the 18th, it was a Sunday afternoon. Our board of directors got together, and we were working through a lot of different things we needed to do, but we also had a focal point that we knew that the school, Carmel Middle School, where we've been meeting in the auditorium, we knew that the clock is ticking for when we need to get uh, into another building situation because we were allowed to be there for a year, and we knew that, that February is coming, and the time's ticking to get to that point. And so... In August, still plenty of time, but we knew we don't have really any time to waste. We need to get on this. What's God got for us next? And so uh, Jessica has, had already been working diligently, like researching the internet, looking for different buildings and options for where we can uh, possibly meet. And she was finding nothing. Everything that she was looking at either was way too expensive or it was in the wrong locations or it, was, it just wasn't going to be conducive, or she reached out and the people who were, who were uh, working that building had no desire to put a church into it. It was like we were hitting brick walls. So as a board, we, we knew, we, how many of you guys believe in the verse where Jesus said that when two or three or more gather together in my name in agreement, I will be with you to, to lay my hand on the thing that you're praying for? Amen? And so we decided as a board, we need to pray and release this to the Lord and ask Him to, to answer this for us. <clears throat> that same afternoon, Jessica just kind of got this inspiration. I want to look on the internet one more time. And posted that day was the building <laughs> that we're about to get into. Posted that day after us praying and having no other options. That thing was, was on there. And we were like, okay, that feels like it, it could be a very serious sign from the Lord. And, and it fit the exact location of where we felt like God wants to establish us as a church. It fit the budget that we were needing to hit. And, and everything seemed right. And so we reached out to the building owner, and he was excited and happy for us to explore this. So that's pretty cool. And, and it was, it's been amazing to see how, how patient he's been because he could have given up on us long ago and said, sorry, this is taking too long. I could get a business in here quickly. But you know what? For some reason, his heart has been committed to this journey with us. And he's been missing months of potential rent for you guys. Isn't that crazy? This is almost a year ago, guys. This guy's been holding out of making money for you. What in the world? Thank you, Jesus. So that was the beginning of the journey of this building that we're on, that we're going after right now. I wanna, I'm going to take you guys through a little bit of a, a yearbook, a spiritual yearbook of things that have happened over this past year, supernatural encounters and things along the way 
because I, I just really felt like it'd be powerful for you guys to hear some of the, the heavens side of this about why this is kind of a big deal, okay? I'm hoping that you guys will leave today having a heightened spiritual awareness that this is kind of a big deal to God. Those of you who are watching on the, on the video, I want to encourage you to stick, stick, out, stick this out to the end because you need to hear this. All right. In October of 2019, on the 22nd, um, we, were, we were in process of trying to get, uh, get things set up with the city of Carmel for this building because we found out that, that where the location of this building is, it's only permitted legally to be used for business use. We wanted to put a church in there, which means that it would need to be assembly use. Well, that's not just a simple, okay, just do it. There's all these processes with the city. There's, there's a lot of bureaucratic um, things we had to maneuver and, and get permissions and stuff. So I was, this was six days before we were going to have a board of zoning meeting on, on a Monday night. And I was nervous. And I had to have a phone call with the lady in the zoning department um, because we needed to learn like, different things that we're going to have to do to, to get this thing legally set up. And I knew that it could be hurdles that, that could potentially be bigger than what we have the ability to do. I was feeling a little nervous. I knew that it was going to be important for me to go into this phone call, not with anxiety, but with faith and peace. Okay, because how many, how many of you guys know that anxiety creates one atmosphere, faith and peace creates a whole different one? Amen? <clears throat> I laid on my floor in my office, <clears throat> and I put on a... I put on a song to soak to for a while that, um, <clears throat> by John Belt, and uh, it's called He Who Overcomes, because I needed to get my spirit stirred up. He who overcomes will become a pillar in the house of my God. It's something that Jesus said in Revelation. And I, I had that thing on repeat. I played it over myself probably for a half hour, just soaking in the Lord and getting my faith aligned with God. <clears throat> In that time, I had an encounter with the Lord, and he opened the eyes of my spirit, and I saw Jesus in heaven, and, and, I had, and I, he brought me to him, and it was the, 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 the kind of atmosphere and spirit of what he was showing me wasn't just a normal kind of encounter I'd have. It was a very governmental encounter with God. Governmental. It, he, was, he was representing himself as the king of kings. Okay? And, and while I was encountering him, he showed me that this, the matter at hand of getting into this building is, is, is more important to him than just happenstance. It's more than casual. It's more than going through the motions that the city and all the stuff needs to happen or technical experiences. This is a matter of eternal proportions. I want you guys to catch this. What we're going through with this it's not just a building to God. It's of eternal proportions. Okay? I saw Jesus as a king who had been in the council of his noble ones. He was in the council of the noble ones in heaven. And he had an army just waiting for him to give instruction to send into situations. They were ready, they were prepared to be dispatched by the king. And he was showing me that this matter 
is part of our inheritance as a church and bringing the kingdom of heaven down in our midst. Come on. I felt angels fill my office in this moment. I felt the presence of the angels in there. I could see them with my spirit surrounding me. And the Lord showed me that heaven is backing us up in this thing we're doing. And I, and I, I felt like God was showing me that this thing that we're going through is a very piece of the prophetic call and promise that God gave us years ago when he said, possess the land that I've given to you as an inheritance. I want to tell you that that prophetic word and instruction is about way more than a building. It's about the destiny that God has for us for the move of God to come. But there's a piece of that that does have to do with the building and a property. And if you think about that little piece of the big picture, he says, possess the land. What are we about to do right now? We're about to possess the land. Come on. Possess the land that I've given to you as an inheritance. And, and so this is, we, we, we knew that if God's on this, there's going to be favor, there's going to be resources, there's going to be grace on it. But we also knew that there's going to be giants before us that are going to have to get crushed. All right? How many of you know that if we focus on the giants, we can succumb to intimidation and fear? But if we focus on the promise on the other side that God says, hey, it's already done, this is your inheritance, then we can know that any giant that we face doesn't stand a chance. Come on. And so the resistance that we've been feeling at that time back in October and many times since uh, has been a process, has been the building process of these things. <clears throat> All of a sudden, I... I recognized a presence of an old familiar friend that I haven't encountered for a while, for years, named Manna. And Manna is an angel that I encountered in Hawaii and in Reading years ago that I, I've even seen him with my physical eyes. And, and he has come to me and he's spoken to me and I've heard him speak to me a few different times along the way and God told me, a long time ago, that God sent manna to be a, a, an angel, a minister of breakthrough. That we're going to see everything that God calls us into, He's going to release the spirit of breakthrough before us so that nothing can hold us back from forward advancement. Come on. And so I, I knew that manna was there. And I, I remembered the first time I met manna was, was when I lived in Hawaii and I was in a park in Kaneohe. And, and when his presence was there, the Lord started speaking to me. And I, this was the first time I heard an angel speak. And, and after he said a few things to me, I said, I didn't know his name at the time, by the way. I said, I'm glad you're here. And he said, I'm glad I'm here too. He said, but I'm more glad about where we're headed. And I've, I've encountered this guy a few different times. And, and I didn't know then that the Lord was speaking through this angel that God sent him to uh, that next season. It was to help get us to Redding, California, to get into the, to the revival culture and get under the apostolic covering of Bethel Church. But the Lord since showed me that that was just a leg of the journey. But this angel has actually been sent to, to help us 
push through every obstacle, not just for Reading, but for the destiny that God has before us all the way through to the end. Come on. And so I, I told Manna again, I said, I remember, I remember that time in the park when I said, I'm glad you're here, and that you said, I'm glad I'm here too. Uh, he said, I'm glad to be here with you too, but I'm even more, but he's, then he responded to me in my office, and he said, it's the same, Jesse. I'm still glad to be here with you, and, and I'm even more excited about where we're headed. He repeated the same, but he renewed it for the season that we're in. That's amazing. Because in Hawaii, where he was taking us for that next season was mega church Bethel, mega revival, epicenter. And, and that's amazing. But now God has progressed us in a journey where we're here with a church plant with, with a small amount of people right now. And, and this same angel saying, I'm excited about where we're headed. Come on. If he sees this as progression from where we were in Reading, what does God have in store for us? Amen? <clears throat> I felt like the Lord brought the attention of a host of angels around me in this time who are called to come into this assignment that God's given us for Overflow Church. And before the Lord, I began declaring to the angels um, that, that we're going to go and possess the land that God's given to us as an inheritance. And, and I felt like the Lord led me to, to speak to the angels, to commission them, to be released into their assignments, whatever that may be. How many of you guys know that heaven is behind us and what we're doing? We just need to stay engaged with remembering that, stay connected to the spirit of this, and not lose sight of that. Otherwise, it just becomes a club. Okay? And I don't want to do a club. I love the fellowship but we need to stay connected with what God's doing, the heaven on earth piece of this thing. <clears throat> Four days later, after that encounter happened, I, I had a dream. I want to tell you about this dream. In the dream, in my spirit, I kept hearing the song that Brian Johnson sings that says, this is what it sounds like when heaven comes down. This is what it looks like when God's all around. You guys know that song? That song was resonating in my spirit through this whole dream, and I felt his glory on me. I feel it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to just pour this out on everybody right now. And in the dream, my family was going into this huge house. I don't know if it was a mansion. And, and just symbolically, it was a Bethel house. And that's our family, right? It's a Bethel house. And every room in the house was, had a theme, a unique theme about it that was about, it was from a different part of a song. That, this is just in the dream. There, it was from a different part of a song that came from a book about open heavens. Okay? Open heavens. Everybody said open heavens. And, and what happens when heaven comes down? And I was looking through the different rooms because I was curious about the different themes and that song kept playing the whole time, and I was wondering, where is our room at? <clears throat> kept looking around. That song kept going. This is what it sounds like when heaven comes down. This is what it looks like when God is all around. Kept ringing in my spirit. And I felt in my spirit, in the dream, that this was all connected to us as a church, possessing the land 
that God has given to us as an inheritance. And about us seeing God's will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And it felt very significant to me about the process of getting into this building. This was back in October. That's a long time ago. We're not in the building yet. By the way, this was two days before our, zone, our board of zoning hearing that we were about to go into. And I, in my journal, I said, I feel like this is a lot bigger than just about the building and the board of zoning process. It feels related to our apostolic and prophetic assignment from God about why we came to Indianapolis to plant this church in the first place. I feel like God's saying we're about to see heaven come in powerful ways because of what we've been going after and what we're pulling on. How many of you believe that God has some amazing things from heaven to release on this earth and that's part of our inheritance? Come on. If it's not, we can just give up right now because I don't want to do a club. So the Born of Zoning hearing happened two days later. Unanimous vote of approval, praise God. So the Lord's opened the way, right? A few months pass. January. I had a dream. In my dream, and by the way, in this season, this dream came, I had been feeling a great deal of resistance, opposition from the enemy, some heavy-duty trials. And there's been a lot of that, honestly, since that time as well, okay? Just being transparent. But, but there was some resistance, and, and the enemy was, assault, was trying to assault my soul, trying to, trying to make me waver with the promises and, and the confession of my hope. And that was the season that God gave me that verse as a rhema knowledge, a rhema word. But he was trying to get me to waver in my belief that God's promises are going to come to pass. And, and in the dream, the Lord led me to two passages in the Bible that he said, this is going to be a, this going to be a rhema in-season word for you. And so after I woke up, I read these passages. And, and the first one was the chapter of Psalms 37. And then the next one was Isaiah 66, 9. I'm not going to read all of it to you, but I want to read you guys a few, a few verses out of this. So out of, out of Psalms 37, 6, if you guys, you guys are welcome to turn there if you want. Verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Hallelujah. So this, is, this psalm is written to somebody who is in distress. And it feels, like, it feels like opposition might rob a person of every promise they have. All right. And he's saying, I'm going to bring forth your righteousness as the light. Verses 11 through 13. But the meek shall inherit the earth. Everybody say, inherit the earth. Say inheritance. Come on. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. All right? Now that's the enemy of our souls. Satan and every demon who hates your promises from God. He hates your inheritance. And he will do anything he can to try to rob you of your inheritance because he knows it threatens territory 
that he's occupied. But when we possess the land that he's given to us as an inheritance, Satan and his enemies get crushed in, in the possessing and he loses ground and we occupy. Come on. So, so the enemy wants to try to work against us. But this says, but God laughs at him for he sees that his day is coming. Come on. And I, I just declare right now over you guys, anybody who's been pushing through for a breakthrough of promise and, and over us as a church where there's been resistance and, and things, there's been trials and stuff. I declare over us in the name of Jesus that, um, that, the, that his day's coming. That any, anything that's resisted you, his day's coming and you're about to possess the land and breakthrough's about to come, and Satan's about to get crushed. Hallelujah. Amen? Verses 17 through 19, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Everybody say, I'm the righteous. And the Lord upholds me in the face of any wickedness that comes against me. Come on. The, do- the Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Everybody say, inheritance. They shall not be ashamed in the evil day. See, I, when the enemy tries to batter us down and say, that's never going to work, he tries to, he tries to put shame on us to think that we're a failure. But he's saying, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be fa- satisfied. Verses 22 through 24, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, and those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. You may have a moment where you feel like you're, you're, you're wavering or things aren't going well, but, but this says even if you feel like you're falling, you will not be utterly cast down. Hallelujah. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord wants to release strength to us. He wants to release encouragement to us and belief to us and fresh hope so that we have the strength to be grounded and not waver in the confession of our hope. Amen? The enemy wars against our inheritance because it means he loses territory that he's occupied. Possess the land that I have given to you as an inheritance. Hallelujah. Come on. I want you to remember, I said that he gave me these passages in a time when I was feeling battered. I was feeling resistance. I was feeling Everything crushing around me saying, hey, these things that you have been declaring, yeah, not going to happen. Your church won't survive. <laughs> Let's laugh at that. <laughs> this building's not going to work out. <laughs> it says God laughs at him. Come on. But I want to tell you the other verse he told me in that dream. Isaiah 66, 9. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery? Says the Lord. Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb? Says your God. Do you guys hear that? 
if God is the person who causes the pregnancy, is he going to allow you to get pregnant and then get to the time of birth and not cause the delivery? He's impregnated us with promise. He's impregnated us with an inheritance. Would God bring us to the point where he's promised all these things and he gets us all the way up to the brink of the breakthrough just to let it all fall apart and go nowhere? Does God only do a partial journey with us and then let us fail before we see the results come about? No, he doesn't. And God has so many things in store for us that he wants to see released in our lives, but he needs to see us through the end. He needs to see us through the resistance, through the opposition, through the rivers, through the giants, to crush anything that comes against us so that we can give birth to the things that are already finished in heaven to release that into the earth, into our lives. Amen? In other words, God is faithful. He's not going to give you these things and not see it through to the end. Come on, that spoke to me. That spoke to me. This verse became an anchor point to me because God was saying, hey, I know you're believing for bigger things than you're seeing. I know you're feeling all these different things that feel like it's going to fall apart. Would I, would I impregnate you just for it to not ever happen? No. Amen? So that was in January the 21st. On the 26th of January, I got to call some friends of ours who pastor a church in southern Indiana, and their names are Ron and Teresa, and, and they're, they're an older couple that are very seasoned in the Lord. She's, a, she's an intercessor, a prophetic intercessor, and I just felt like God put, told me I need to ask them to pray over us for covering and for strength in this time. So they started praying for us just to, to, get, to help us get through the trials and the resistance and to see the breakthrough come. And I was explaining to her how there, it feels like it's just a series of we start to gain traction, we start to build momentum, and then something happens that feels like a pushback and it sets us back. It feels like we're spinning our wheels sometimes, not gaining ground. I need a breakthrough. And Teresa, this is, this is amazing. She told me that she's a doula. Do you guys know what a doula is? It's a midwife. It's a, it's a person who helps. Uh, sometimes they work with nurses. Sometimes they do it on their own, but they help a woman coaching them and, and guiding them through the pregnancy process. Okay? A doula. I had that dream about being pregnant, and God saying, would I let you be pregnant, but you not give birth? She's a doula. And she said this. She said that the term pushback means that when a baby is about to come out after you've done all the hours of pushing and laboring, about to come out, pushback is when, when the baby pushes back in and, and it's, like you, it's almost like you lost all that ground that you'd gained through the, through the labor process. And, and, it, and it comes back in and you have, to, you have to muster up every ounce of strength you have. And I've never given birth to a physical baby before. 
but, but I've talked to many a mother, including my wife, that when you get to that point, you don't feel like you've got an ounce of energy left at all. But, but there's something that you can lay hold of, a strength that you might not normally know would be there to give it that one last push. And it's the push that got that baby off, all right? But she was saying, she was saying that, she said, I know you don't feel like it, but you've got to push again. Because she knew that we've been pushing through resistance, pushing through trials, pushing through spiritual warfare. And she said, you are not just birthing a church. Because I always thought that the concept of giving birth and that for us was when we planted this church. She said, oh yeah, yeah, that, but this is way more than that. I want you guys to hear this, okay? I want you to hear this with faith and with promise. She said, you're not just giving birth to a church. You're giving birth to a movement. You are birthing the breath of God, something that will bring a whole change of atmosphere. It's a big baby, a big thing going on. Come on. Now, even right now, it's hard to see that with how many people are here presently right now. But we're not, looking, we're not counting numbers, we're looking at the promise. Amen? And she said this, she said when the pushback happens, it feels like, ah! But what you're birthing is way beyond what you can do. It's not you, but it's God doing it. God has something he has already ordained to be there, and you came there to walk it out. You guys cannot go backward. I just mean, I, just, I don't just mean planting your church, but keeping your focus on your hope with what God is birthing. The reason there is such strong pushback is because the baby is about to come forth. Come on, guys. The baby is about to come forth. This is prof- I'm telling you guys this prophetically right now, okay? This is a prophetic present word for us right now, even though this was in January. Can't go down right now. You have to stay focused and go forward. You're going to carry this. The sufferings, listen to this, and this applies to us as a church. You can apply it to your own life. The sufferings are enlarging your ability to carry. You will carry the honor that is coming to you. It is coming. The enemy hates what is coming, but it's coming. There is so much heritage coming out and your destiny to walk in this. Your humility will enable you to carry, enable you to carry what is coming. And then her husband Ron said that when we moved to Reading or to Indianapolis and planted over Overflow Church, he said they felt like this was God's answer to a prayer they've prayed for decades that the move of God is coming to Indiana. Come on. We have to apprehend our inheritance. We've got to lay hold of this thing and believe in the supernatural realm the bigger thing than what we've experienced yet. And we've got to engage it and we need to, we need to live in faith like that is our heritage and like that's who we are. Amen? And we've got to know that we're, we're pushing. And, we, and as a church, in unity, we need to push this thing through. Okay? I don't have time to go through all the other details I wanted to say, so I'm going to skim. But in February, 
Joe Reeves had a dream. He's not with us today, but they're, they're going to be watching. He had a dream that overflow was in a new, had moved into a new building. All right? And it wasn't just, I am going to read this. It wasn't just that we're moving to a building. We individually and corporately were all being unlocked. We were entering a new season. It felt like the season of spring. New birth and growth and things coming alive. Like this is what was happening in individual people. I really feel God's heart heavy on this as I pondered it this morning. I just felt a really heavy emphasis on this so much more than just the building that we're contending for, but that it may just be the birth of something new. Like it may be the delivery of the labor we've been going through. Crazy. Are you guys hearing God's themes in this? This is kind of a pretty big deal in heaven. Okay? Um, in, in May, Tyler over here had a dream. And, and he dreamed that, that we were in a different building than where we had been. And people were laid out on the stairs and, the, and, and on the stage under the, the, under the glory and the power of God. Come on. Under the weight of his glory. And there were, there were more people in the seating area standing and enjoying the presence of God. I saw somebody walk in the building and they took note of the presence of God and growth that was taking place. Come on. You see, there's glory coming with this. There's growth coming with this. We've got to believe these things. Amen? There, there's the unlocking of destiny and unlocking of freedom and identity coming. Now, these are not contingent on a building. These are things God's going to be doing in us. But we just really feel that there's a prophetic correlation with the birthing of us getting into this building and coming into a new season where, where, where things are going to start bursting forth. Amen? Getting close to done here. On the 3rd of July, I had another dream. I love when God does things in dreams and in prophetic encounters because it shows you that he's been walking us out in this thing, right? I had another dream, and, and there, I was with a lady who I thought in a dream might have been our friend Doreen Mast, who lives up in Goshen, but I wasn't sure who it was. And, I, and, I started, and she and I started praying for overflow and for our building, the, for a breakthrough on the building. And we went into serious intercession, now, I want to tell you, I, I pray a lot, but, but intercession is like a whole other level of praying, okay? Uh, we went into intercession, and the Spirit came on us so strong, and the anointing was heavy on us. And I felt the Spirit in our prayers lifting me in ways that I haven't felt in a long time, just lifting up. And, and there was a travail. There was a travail. And, and it, was, it was like we were going into labor to give birth. It's the, the theme is there. To give birth to something new. And God reminded me of a verse that I've preached recently to you guys in 2 Peter chapter 1, saying that we will not be left barren. All right? It felt like a Heidi Baker intercessory anointing kind of a, kind of a moment. 2 Peter 1.8 says... 
For if these things are yours and they abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's that word again. That we will not be barren or unfruitful. It goes back to that, that verse in Isaiah. Would I allow you to be pregnant and come to the time of labor and you not give birth? You guys with me? I know it's, I know it's humid. I know it is. We're, we're almost done. But stay with me in, in your spirit because we've got to do something with this. There's, in the dream, there are specific things coming forth prophetically about the building being an important place and that we're calling revival to come forth. All right, I want you to remember intercession, travail, giving birth. We will not be barren. The building is going to come forth for us and revival is coming forth. But it's not happening by just coasting through. It's happening by engaging. It's happening by interceding. It's happening by laying hold of this thing and not letting go and pushing through until it comes. Is there anybody in here who's with me in unity for us to push through and see this thing come to pass? Come on. It's bigger than a building. With the building, I believe, releases the birthing of a new season. I believe it. I believe the move of God's coming. We don't know exactly how and when or what it looks like, but we believe that things are going to shift and propel forward in the destiny. Even though we're not always talking about the vision, we're always living for the vision of this ministry because it's about heaven coming to earth. And I don't want us to lose sight of what God's promised us, that we can be a kingdom people walking in, in the Spirit, staying connected with heaven, and bringing heaven to earth, that we get to be the people who are living, walking portal, open heavens, atmosphere shifters, releasing the presence, carrying the glory, releasing it everywhere we go, changing the things that are happening around us, that the, that the power and the influencing power that Christ releases through us from heaven is the influencing power, and we don't come under subjection to all the stuff going on around us. That we get to live from that place. We get to live in an anointing. We get to live in the glory. We get to live united with Christ, with intimacy and union with Him, releasing the gifts of the Spirit, releasing breakthroughs, releasing promises to people, setting people free from bondages, setting people free from darkness, setting people free from, from, heal, or from, from diseases and sicknesses. And, and mental illnesses and seeing societal changes. we got to believe that God has put that in our destiny, in our inheritance, and we can possess these things because he's promised it. Amen? But we have to put ourselves into it. And we got to do it together. And we've got to believe. We've got to pray and intercede. We've got to lay hold of this thing and say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to push through, and we're going to see this thing come to pass. Come on. The building is just a, a prophetic, practical part of this, that we get to watch this thing happen. And as this thing happens, we're going to be able to look at that as a sign. If that's happening, I'm believing that everything else is coming too. Amen? And so here, here's the last part of the, the yearbook I want to tell you about. This new one just happened on Friday night. 
And I love this. I, Steve and Julie were there. I went to, I went to uh, revive the world on Friday night. My friend Tony Costa and his team did a healing conference over the weekend. I got to go and, and, and just receive. It was amazing. It, I, got, I got rocked. And, and I, I thought I was heading out, but then the, the Lord had a surprise for me I didn't expect. And, and I went up front to just give Tony a hug real quick and tell him how he impacted me tonight. And we just started getting wrecked by the Spirit. Were you guys still there? You did? All right. So, <laughs> so I hit the floor, and I couldn't get up. I was under the glory for a while. Thank you, Jesus. And, I, and I'm getting drunk. It's been a while since I've been getting drunk in the Spirit. And thank you, Lord. I declare that's going to become my, my normal again. I'm, I'm going to just steward and cultivate that. But while I was on the floor, something crazy happened. I, by the way, several people released prophetic words over me that were right for now. And they all had to do with breakthrough coming. That the, the season you've been in is coming to a close. God's transitioning you into the breakthrough and the promises and things are about to start flowing as you've been praying for, for a long time. Get ready, guys. Are you ready? Are you positioning yourself and pu pushing yourself in? Because you, how you position your heart and put yourself in with faith is going to determine how you are able to receive and, and lay hold of this. Okay? So there's responsibility. All right, so what happened was this lady who I, I don't think I'd ever met or I've seen her before around. She came over next to me while I was on the floor, and she knelt down, and she said, she said I'm a midwife. <laughs> And she asked me to put my hand on my belly, and then she put her, she, she touched my arm and started praying and interceding, but, but the spirit hit her so strong that she started travailing. I don't know if you guys, how many of you are familiar with the, the level of intercession that's travail, but, but most people who are familiar with that, it, it, they, they correlate that with giving birth and like the, the, the pushing and, and that there's something about laying hold of something and you just can't quit until you feel that release. And so I, I've had that a few times in my life, but I don't live in that place. But, um, but she started travailing and, and uh, <laughs> she started prophesying over me that, that God has given me a, a, an anointing for opening new wells. Come on, how many of you guys are excited about new wells getting open? And, and she said that, and then she started through, through travail in the spirit, and I was getting, I, it was crazy. I was laying there, and all of a sudden I go, <laughs> and it was like, I'm sure if somebody else saw it, they probably thought that I looked like I was giving birth. It was pretty weird. But she started calling the baby of the promise forth. She doesn't know anything about this stuff. Started calling the baby of the promise forth, and she just kept travailing. And there's other intercessors that came over there and started praying into this too. And it was powerful. And, and she, after a while of that, she felt a shift in her spirit and said, here it is. And, and how many of you know that before things happen in the natural, they happen in the spirit first? All right? Now, afterwards, I felt like the Lord showed me that the dream that I had a few days before that I thought was Doreen, but I wasn't sure that we were travailing together for a breakthrough, 
I, I feel like the Lord showed me it was actually was her and that happened Friday night. I don't know if you, what you guys think about that. I think it's crazy because something released. And I, I believe, I believe that we're on the cusp of something great. I believe it. I, I believe. And, and the Lord's theme lately for us has been the unity and that we can't, we can't look at it like I want my personal revival. Yes. Yes, you do want your personal revival, but we've got to have family revival, corporate revival. We've got to, we've got to be going after this not just for ourselves, but for one another. We've got to link our spirits together. We've got to lay hold of this thing. We've got to lay hold of the promise and the inheritance that God's promised us so that we can possess this thing together. We're going to possess it. It's the same. It's a different picture as giving birth to this thing. Amen? And there's going to be possessings and possessings and possessings. It's going to be progressive gains. But, but we've got to give birth to this thing because what we've experienced so far has been wonderful but it's nothing compared to what's coming if we push through to this thing. Amen? So bring all that in, and I'm going to close right here with the Nehemiah Project, because this all comes to what this is all about. Because I, I really just felt like God wanted to give us an increased spiritual understanding about the, the Nehemiah Project, that it's not just us saying, hey, let's get in a building so let's have money flowing in. This has to do with our inheritance. This has to do with something being birthed from heaven to earth. It has to do with a building being given so that we can have a home, so that we can bring in all the things that God has promised us. He's already been doing it. He doesn't need that building to do it, but, but as part of his plan, and that there's something correlating with that breakthrough about releasing the heaven on earth to us. And I believe that if we can lay hold of this together, I believe if we can grasp this from a spirit level, from a faith level, from a perspective, God's view, that we see it from God's view. This was his idea. This is bigger than a building. It's to bring forth a move of God. Amen? Amen? From our perspective, we see resistance, we see pain, we see, we see a long time. We also see the need for endurance and for pers perseverance, and we see the need to possess it. But from God's perspective, it is finished. Listen to that, guys. From his perspective, it is finished. From his perspective, there's a healthy baby and a new birthing coming. Something being released that's in heaven, but it's got to come forth into this earth realm. That's what, that's what he's given us. We're carrying this thing. We're about to release it. Amen? God's perspective is it's an inheritance. Come on. It's a lot more than a building. It's about heaven on earth. It's about the move of God. Amen.